Come on, community is so important. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I love that you guys are still talking. All right, you're done talking now, right? <laughs> all right, all right. Awesome, awesome. Hey, well, first off, thank you for being here today. Um, second service rocks. It's a service we get to go until about 3 p.m. Because the fire of God falls, right? All right, no, we're not going to go that long. Um, okay, so, hey, the reason, we, the reason I just did that for community, for you guys to reach out to someone that you don't know yet, is because when we can come together as the body of Christ, when we can come together in, in unity, know each other, know who we are, uh, know about each other, there's something that happens when we worship, when we come together corporately with one heart, one mind, one spirit going after the face of Jesus. It kicks it up to a whole other level, right? It's so important, it's so important. I love worship, I love worship, it, it, it just, it burns inside of me, but really fast, we, it's Mission Sunday also, and so here's my thoughts on missions, alright? Um, first off, if you're a missionary, you, you blow my mind away. If you've gone on mission trips, thank you so much, you're amazing. A, a, a little glimpse into what our missionaries do really fast, Kelly Holbeach, alright, she's riding her scooter, riding her scooter in the streets of Cambodia, alright? Guys run out from around a corner rip her off of her scooter and start dragging her down an alley. We don't have a grid for what these people do. They're on the streets saving little tiny baby girl twins that are like seven months old that are about to be sold into slavery to be taken advantage of. Okay, so I want us to get a grid for what our missionaries really truly do. See, on Thursday, Pastor Jonathan and I, we went to a pastor's lunch with uh, Pastor Daryl Corbin, uh, who is an apostolic oversight into our church, and he said this. He said, when it comes to missions, we need to change our, our mindsets from aid to ownership. From aid to ownership. And what happens when you change from aid to ownership is uh, you, you create ownership in your life and in your heart for, for missions, and, and you start to have a bigger perspective, all right? So who serves in the church? Raise your hand. Who serves in this church right here, in the Promise Church? You guys are amazing. We couldn't do it without you. But guess what? When you start having a mission-focused mindset, all of a sudden, when you serve, whether you're on the worship team or you're doing coffee or you're in the nursery, you never know that when a little kid walks through the front doors, that he grabs one of the donuts that you're presenting for him, that that little boy might feed a nation someday. All right, so you never know. When you switch your mindset from aid to ownership, all of a sudden, everything you do is more important. You never know what little girl's going to go out here and play uh, soccer on our brand new field that's getting ready to come up because it just got planted with grass yesterday by Rob Flanagan. All right? You never know what girl's going to come out here and start a, a ministry for Jesus playing soccer in India, setting kids free into the kingdom. It changes everything you do. It's so good. All right, I'm sorry. I'll get off of missions. We're supposed to talk about worship. But I, here's the problem with this. is I'm speaking today, and Gary Thompson spoke today. All right? That is really disconcerting to my spirit. Race, race, race. My nine-year-old goes, Dad, why is he so good? I'm like, right? It's just not fair. He's so much better than the rest of us on this entire earth, okay? All right. Dear Jesus, help me. Hey, let's pray really fast. God, I just ask you for uh, your, your spirit to even fall here uh, like never before. 
I pray for open hearts, open minds, God. Let what's going to be said today just really impact everybody in this room. I thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, these next three weeks are going to be awesome. We're talking about worship. We get to share our hearts with you, get to express our hearts with you. We are so excited for it because really, I mean, for myself, I just... It's what I live for. I think I said it the other day, and Aaron was there. I said, media is my function, and worship is my passion. Right now, I'm, I'm in just really trying to grow a media team, but my heart burns for worship. And, and so it's, it's really everything we do. It's everything we think about. So can you guys just, like, get, get this room, like, set in the atmosphere with, with, with the Holy Spirit really fast for me? Can you guys repeat after me? Say, all praise, all, praise. all, glory. all glory, all honor, all to the King. Come on, better than that. To the king. His name is Jesus. 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 All right, now I think I might be able to preach a little bit. So I am not a preacher. Dear God, help me. Why did Aaron and Jonathan ask me to speak? It's been two years since I've spoken on this stage. So, um, hence why worship's my passion. Um, all right, so today I want you guys to really just open up your hearts. Let your minds just kind of like be at ease, but let your hearts lead the way, all right? Bill Johnson says this. He says, um, he says, my obedience does not depend on my own understanding. If I only obey when I fully understand, then trust becomes my obstacle, and I have created a God in my own image. And when I do that, I limit his full potential in my life. If, if you're never going to step out in, in worship fully before you, like, man, these people worship with so much freedom. They, they dance, they sing, they shout, they chant, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I just need to understand first. That's awesome. I get it. Like, knowledge of God is amazing. But maybe, just maybe, by the act of faithfulness, stepping out into God, and saying, you know what, I want that for me, I might just step out before I fully understand it, maybe in that moment, he will bring understanding of who he is to you. Does that make sense? See, faith, faith, right, the things unseen, faith, step it out. All right, so my, my, my message in my heart today is for what, what or who do we worship? Who do we worship? What does it look like? See, we scream for breakthrough, but really, we need to go after the promise, and the promise is Jesus. Instead of worshiping with the intent of going after our mountains or our issues or our problems and having our eyes focused on that, pleading for God, God, come help me, come help me, come help me, come help me. This is in front of me, this is in front of me. Instead, we should lift our eyes and worship the King. Worship who He is. We need to fully pursue, fully engage Fully worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and His name is Jesus. There is only one true God. Here's the deal. We are here. When I'm here, and I, all the way, if I'm just playing guitar and I'm not leading worship, or if I'm on the ground, my goal is a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. Because I don't want anything less, man. I don't want to come in and play church. You know what I'm saying? I'm so thankful that when Tash and Sav led worship this morning, when they started singing, and Isaac, that they started singing, they didn't, like, we had another song, guys. We had another song, but guess what? It didn't matter. Because the presence of God was in this place. And all we wanted to do was sing to Him. 
See, church can become cookie cutter, right? But the thing is, is like, if his face is the goal, we're good. When was the last time, I'm going to be real. When was the last time, I'm going to be real with myself. When was the last time you sought the face of Jesus one-on-one? Like, God, I got to see you. God, I got to feel you. God, I got to know you. I feel like a lot of times as Christians, we, we fall back on, oh, this mountain. Oh, this issue. Oh, I'm in a storm. Oh, I'm going through a hard time, a hard place right now. Instead of, I want to see the face of the king. God, I'm so desperate for you. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay on, on the ground. I'm going to cry out for you, God, because I know in my everything, the deepest side in, inside of my heart, that you are bigger than anything I could ever face, that you are the answer for all questions. But Pastor Casey, you don't know my problems. You don't know how big they are. You know what? I don't. But my heart does truly break for you because we all go through problems. We can't, you know, minimize our issues because they're real. But the reality is, is that how much bigger is God? See, if we truly knew who was in our corner, if we really knew who was behind us, who was giving us direction, who was pushing us the way that we need to be pushed, we might not actually know our problems. Think about it. Think about it. How many times as Americans, you know, we are so privileged, man. We're so privileged. We have so many good things. But the little things come up, and and, and they really hit us hard, and, and they distract us, and they take us away from the face of Jesus. There's that, and then there's also what I feel like in America, what happens a lot is we become numb. We become not really feeling. We don't even know problems because we're just going through life. We wake up at this this time when we go, we go and we have our job, then we come home and we detox because we just have to de-stress because the day was so hard and we don't want to talk to anybody. Like, hey, give me 30 minutes, all right? Like, give me a, a little bit of time to, like, chill out. Especially, like, I can find myself doing it, and I'm just like, I picture Jesus, right? Jesus sitting, and he's talking, and all the kids come to him. And the disciples go, hey, hey, go, 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 go. And Jesus is like, no, man. Leave them here. Like, I can, like, for me personally, it's like, I go home, and it's like, that was a long day of sitting in front of a computer, right? I like, overload, listening to things all day long. I'm, like, sensory overload, but my kids are like, hey, Dad, and I got to be like, no, man. Like, my kids come first. Don't give me a break. You are my break. You are my world, right? So don't check out. Sorry, that was totally a side note. But Pastor Casey, I'm, my life's crazy, and, and I'm so emotional right now. I just, I just don't know how to engage in worship. What if you get to the place where you can't even engage because you're just mentally out of it, emotionally out of it? You know what? Emotions are good. They're from God. It's all right. It happens. They're healthy. He created them. All right, but listen. Abby Stumbleoff says this about emotions. Emotions are like kids. You can't put them in the trunk, but you can't let them drive the car, all right? Just a heads up, they're both against the law. You can't do either of those things. So sometimes, just sometimes, you might have to turn around to your emotions like you do your kids and say, if you do not knock it off, I will pull this car over. 
and I will threaten you to the end of the world, but I actually won't do anything about it. Or are you going to do something about it and say, emotions, shut up. I'm trying to seek the face of the king right now. See, distractions happen. It's real life. But are we willing to, find, to really like make it firm in our hearts what's more important? Are we really willing to lay down everything, put everything aside and say, no, God, you are my priority? All right, back to my first point. We scream for breakthrough, but we really need to go after the promise. Proverbs 23, 26 says this, Oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. Now, see, I have a hard time because I've never spoken to two services, so I'm mentally trying to process this. Like, I've said all this stuff once, so, like, just bear with me and laugh. Like, make me feel good about myself because otherwise... I really don't feel good about myself, all right? So just being real, all right? By the way, second service is my favorite. Okay. Uh, All right. See, I I, I read that verse. Give me your heart, may your eyes delight in following my ways. See, I read this, and and I, I, I hear him say this, where are your eyes at? Where are your eyes at? Are they on? He's asking me this question. Are your eyes on me, Casey? Is your gaze fixed upon me? See, when I go and I say, Ashley, it's our one time a year to go on a date together. Let's do it. She gets dolled up. She does the whole thing, and we go out, and, and you know, and we, we're having, you know, McDonald's. And uh, by the way, no, sorry, that was bad. I haven't eaten McDonald's in, like, probably 15 years. All right, no joke. Um, Wow, I can't go on tangents. I'm so sorry. I was going to say, I will say it. I will say it. The mo- Aaron, get behind me. I will say it. The movie Supersize Me. You ever watch that? I watched that. It made me hungry for McDonald's. I'm sorry. All right. All right. So I go out on a date with my wife, and, and, and where do you think she wants me to be looking? In her eyes. All right? Not, not looking around. She might have to do this a couple times. You know, hey, it's okay. Four children, healthy, put a ring on it. It's all right. Beyonce can just take that. Um, wow. But my eyes need to be fixed on the king. In the storm, are your eyes fixed on Jesus? Or are they fixed on your storm? Because the reality is life comes at you, life happens. It's just a real deal. But when you walk through this life, and he says, he says, worship, like to worship the king, to worship Jesus is, is like what he desires, right? It's who he is. He desires his kids to just lavish their love upon him. Why? Not for his sake, for their sake, for the world's sake. But how many times are we taken away, our, our attention is taken away from him? and fixed on the things of this world. They might not be bad, they might not be total mountains, but you know what, everybody worships something. Everybody in this world worships something. Whether it's your career, your job, your, your marriage, your, your, your car, your dreams, or even worshiping your own worship, which can get real dangerous real fast. Man, I had a great worship service today. Didn't I do so great? I think I did enough for the Lord, yeah. Scary, right? Jesus, I just come to you, Father. 
laying my life down for you. Let my praise bring just sweet sounds to your ears. And if I'm tone deaf, let it just not worry. Thank God for not being tone deaf. For the rest of you, I will pray for you after service who are tone deaf. Ministry team will be on this side because uh, the Lord says to make a joyful noise. Uh, all right, we scream for breakthrough, but we really need to go after the promise. We scream for breakthrough, but we really need to go after the promise. And his name is Jesus. Hebrews 4, 6. So let us come boldly before the throne of our gracious God. There, will, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. See, my goal is today is to give you an opportunity to see the face of Jesus, to encounter him in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your turmoil. Right now, right here, put your eyes on him. See, the thing is, is that I talked about the church going quiet and, and like not really having much going on. But like in America, we can, we can fall asleep, man. Like it's hard to, it's just this analogy, is it's hard to see the face of Jesus when you're in a coma, right? You can hear his voice. You know he's present. But you can't see him. Because you can't open your eyes. A lot of times the devil will come in and try to create us or create a, a, a spot for us to fall and get comfortable falling asleep, getting in a coma, knowing God is there, but never having a one-on-one, face-to-face relationship with Him. It's so important. See, in, in China just now, uh, like a week and a half ago or something like that, they just made it a law written on paper that it's against the law to have an underground church, officially. It's always been taboo, right? It's always been hunted and, and sought after, but they finally wrote it down. Over there, they really know what their mountains are. They really know what they have to face. They, they, they know the struggle is real. In Cambodia, Jason and Kelly know the struggle is real. They know what they're going up against, all right? When you're getting ripped off your scooter in the middle of the street at night and dragged down an alley, you know what's real. But in America, we fall asleep so easy. Nine to five, go home, right? Church, I challenge you to wake up. To wake up. Wake up for who he is. Wake up and understand that he is a good God, that he is your king, that he is worth lifting up his name, that he is worthy of all of our praise, no matter what. Come on, I dare you to wake up. Our worship is not in vain. There is power in worship. There is power in the name of Jesus. See, a lot of times we we neglect an obstacle in front of us. Yeah, you can come up, Dash. A lot of times we neglect an obstacle in front of us. David saw Goliath, and he didn't ignore that Goliath, Goliath was there, right? He, he just trusted the Lord to come through. Right now, I have a rotator cuff issue. I, I'm, it, the reality is this is there. It's there. But am I going to focus on that, or am I going to praise Jesus believing for breakthrough? Right? Like, here I am trying to get in shape with a heavy boxing bag, trying to channel my inner Conor McGregor, and it just didn't work Last punch. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, right. Okay. You guys aren't hearing what Aaron's throwing at me right now. So David saw Goliath, but he focused on Jesus, on the king, on God. Not neglecting that the enemy was there because he went at it and he defeated it. See, worship's a hard issue, and it begins with a surrendered will. 
Psalms 150 says this, Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty heavens, praise Him for His acts of power, praise Him for His surpassing greatness, praise Him with the sounding of trumpets, praise Him with the harp and the lyre, praise Him with the, tim- the timbrel, tambourine, praise Him with dancing, praise Him with strings and pipes, praise Him with the clashing of cymbals, praise Him with the resounding of cymbals, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But Pastor Casey, I don't play an instrument like Tasha, I'm not gifted like that, I just can't, how do I worship Jesus in the midst of my turmoil? Guess what, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is where it begins, and it's not the turkey legs and football Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving thanking Him for what He's done in your life. Psalms 100 says this, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord in gladness. Come before Him with a joyful song. Know that the Lord is good. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Come on, thanksgiving is a prerequisite to praise. All right? We enter in with thanksgiving and then we step into praise. As you come into this church, God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for who you are in my life. I thank you for the freedom that you've brought into me. Yes, God, your name is beautiful. Your name is powerful. That's how it works. That's how it goes. That's called setting the atmosphere of your own spirit. But Pastor Casey, it's just too much, and I don't know if I can make it anymore. I've tried everything. Oh, let's be real with you. I, I, I would like to encourage you that you haven't tried everything. But here's the deal is that I can't convict you of that. My words are not good enough. I am not eloquent. I graduated Woodland High School. I am like, me and Pastor Chris, we were an experiment for an English class and it failed. Four-year experiment, it was not good. So I can't convince you. I can't convince you, all right? Only he can. So I'm going to read the scripture and Tasha's going to play behind me. And when I'm done, she's going to sing a song that uh, really it speaks to my heart immensely. And I encourage you, um, there's not gonna be words on the screen, she's just gonna sing. And I encourage you when she sings to just let God invade every area of your life. Surrender. If you have to come to the altar and surrender before God, do it. If you have to just stand up and praise Him, do it. If you have a mountain that you've been focusing on too long, Lift your eyes. Get your eyes on the king. Lift your eyes to Jesus. Because I guarantee you, it says in this next scripture that he takes the mountains and makes them plains. So I'm going to read this. This is a lot of scriptures, the whole chapter. And no, it's not Psalms 117. All the Bible college people left. All right. Isaiah 40, let your heart receive, all right? Right now, don't let your mind get caught up on anything. Just let what God wants to speak to you happen. In the, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight the way in the desert, a highway for God. You might be in a desert right now. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged place a plain. 
And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord is spoken. A voice cries, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All the people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fail, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. But the word of God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up to the high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voices with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to, the, say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He will leave the 99 for you. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breath of his hand, which is the width, the breath of his hand marked off the heavens. Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on a scale and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord? As his counsel. I'm going to skip up to this here. Do you not know? This is verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the clouds and above the earth. Its peoples are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy. He spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught. He reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground that he has blown them, and they wither. And the whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? To who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Don't focus on the mountains. Don't focus on the valleys. Don't focus on the chaff. Don't focus on the weeds. Look up to the heavens. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by God. But do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is, every, is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired, nor will he grow weary. And he understands no one can fathom, sorry, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youth who grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on, e on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary. They will not be faint. They won't be faint. They'll soar on, e on wings like eagles. God, forgive us for not casting our eyes upon you. Forgive us for not focusing on you, Jesus, through everything that we've gone through. Every place we've gone, every mountain we've faced, every stumble, everything that's not gone our way, God, forgive us for not making you our focus. God, right now, we give everything to you, Jesus. We surrender it at the altar. And we say, Father, 
Our hearts are yours. Our hearts are yours. Thank you, Jesus.